Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to All This and the Oscars, too. My name is Sasha Stone. I run the website awardsdaily.com. And I'm here with two of our editors, uh, Brian Adams and Clarence Moy. And we're missing our third uh, guy, uh, Mar- uh, Mark Johnson, who is doing a different podcast. He's having a one-night stand somewhere else. So we're, we're just... Our fourth musketeer is missing. He's cheating on us. He's cheating on us. Uh, <laughs> He's having an affair. <laughs> no, that's okay. We have an open podcast relationship. <laughs> <laughs> we're Polly. <laughs> Polly podcast. Um <laughs> All right, so it it seems like a year ago that the Oscar nominations dropped, <laughs> but they really right, did, yeah. they really did just drop this morning. Um, what are your guys' I'll go talk. You know, what are your general impressions, uh, Clarence? First, go to you. Um, you know, I, there were a couple of, of as with anything, there are a couple of nits here and there, but overall, I was I was pleasant. I was I was happy with them. I mean, you know, there's always things that I'm gonna wish are in there there's going to be things that i wish i'd predicted but Mm. aside from one category there aren't too many egregious shocking omissions or or uh, disappointments um as i look through the list and kind of absorbed it all there was only i I was only really sad that um danielle deadweiler couldn't get in Mm. for best actress Um, and i was just so shocked that that the grassroots campaign of of uh andrea riceborough um, calling up all her friends in yeah. Hollywood actually worked. I know mm, that sets a, an odd precedent. I would think it does, and it it sets a troubling precedent for what the rest <laughs> of you know what the next couple of years are going to look like when all of a sudden everybody's going to call up their friends and say, uh-huh. "I'm so great in this movie." <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it. The Academy used to um, frown upon such a thing that they because there was a time when I mean, as you can imagine, all throughout. Academy history this has been going on it's not new but they did they have been trying to you know rein it in a little like you have people holding screenings at private houses with the celebrities and you know friends remember Ben Affleck holding screenings for Beasts of No Nation like Academy members do these things usually it has to be tied to a screening but still, you know, the whole thing is just getting a little out of hand, I would think. But other than that, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I was, <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Okay, Ryan, over to you. What did you think? Just in general. I know um, you must be happy because yeah, Tar did very well. Yeah. yeah, I was overall pretty happy. I could have, I could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. I was happy to see a lot, a couple of things not show up that I was dreading to see show up, like, uh, Glass Onion didn't make it into Best Picture, for instance. Um, I was happy about that. Um, other things, of course, you know, I, the things I was really wishing for, I knew they were really, really long shots, and I didn't expect them to happen. So, so it's not like something was taken away from me that I thought that was that that that, that I was that I was expecting to happen. It just did it didn't happen. My my wildest dreams didn't come true, but they never do. And so, and then the thing I don't really. Personally, I'm not worried about the score that I make and trying to predict or anything, but I can understand why anyone who predicted some of the things that they did and then missed would have made those predictions because some of the things that didn't show up today, this morning, I, we all kind of thought were guaranteed. For instance, the cinematography for, for Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, like, that was probably a lot of people's first choice. 
to put down as, as probably the most likely nominee, you know, in cinematography. Yeah. So things like that happen that are surprising, but they don't really bother me because I'm I'm really not that invested in very many movies this year, just two or three. The only thing that really um, that I hurt the most, I guess, was to I wish um, Babylon had done better, and I wish Decision to Leave had done a little bit better. Mm. At least made you know some appearance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I sort of feel the same way, although it's all a blur, honestly. But um, I, I think in the case of Top Gun with cinematography, um, I think that it's one of those things where, and I think this is what happened with Daniel Deadweiler too and Viola Davis, is that people assume they're going to be in. And that they mm -hmm. don't have to vote for them, you know, like, oh, that's already. Mm -hmm. So let me push for this right. one that I thought was really good. And if enough people do that, um, it can take the, the movie, you know, out. Obviously, that's I thought the cinematography on. All, I mean, they're all really good, right? All five of the nominees mm -hmm. are great cinematography. So I, I can't really argue. It's not like one bad one got in, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. they're all good. Um I was disappointed slightly that Kozinski did not get in on directing and not just because I predicted him, but because I think he deserves it. And um, as you know, Triangle of Sadness is not my favorite film. And uh, to see him take a spot like that over Edward Berger and uh, I mean, good for him. He's I'm sure he's really happy about it, but I just didn't think it was deserving. And it disturbs me a little bit that it's in there, honestly, because um, who are these voters? that are choosing these and, and how can the Oscars have a real robust future if this is, uh, and it's not that big of a deal. Like I, I know most people don't care, but like pick one, pick Edward Berger, pick Kaczynski, you know, these two directors that really made an impact this year. Triangle of Sadness to me was just so inside uh, this tiny little bubble. I know it did well in Cannes and everything, but it just doesn't excite me as a directing nominee uh, feels like it took a spot for somebody that I think would be would have made the race a little bit more exciting than it is. That's all. Yeah, mm -hmm. I want to go back to what you said. <clears throat> excuse me about people thinking Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler were locked. Um, and I want to point people to if you haven't seen it already, but um, there's a Francis Fisher uh, is kind of um, <clears throat> attributed to starting this campaign for uh, uh, Andrea Riceboro mm. with sending out an Instagram post of, to my fellow actors in the Academy, according to Deadline Pete, writing for Deadline, uh, Andrea Riceboro can secure an Oscar nomination if 218 out of uh, 1302 actors in the actors branch nominate her for first. Wow. Seems to, seems to be that Viola, Michelle, Danielle, and Kate are a lock for their outstanding work. Now, she doesn't say don't vote for them, vote for Andrea. But, I mean, it's it's between the lines there, isn't it? Mm-hmm, sure is. Mm -hmm, it is, yeah. And so that's what happens when you make an assumption and you don't vote for somebody in, in first place because you think that they don't need your vote. Andrea Riceboro needs your vote more, and this is, mm -hmm. this is how she got in. I will yeah. say one thing that related to that. Where did you say that quote came from? Who who was the person who who estimated that 218 was a magic number? Pete. Where did that come uh, from? Pete Hammond. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy, um, Sasha. I think you responded to you on Awards Daily, or was talking to someone. And he, I think his name is Kirby. Wait a minute. Let me look real quick. I had it here. On. Oh, yeah, there is. I think it's Kirby O'Neill. I owe him an apology because he he did mention the 218 number. I don't think he had it phrased in a way that I that I understood, or, or he he may have misunderstood a little bit what the 
218, 218 signified, but mm-hmm. it is an important number because if you get 218 on the first ballot, you, you're guaranteed a nomination. It's not the minimum number that you can get, but it is a number that you can get in the first round. And then no matter what happens, you're in. No, no matter what anyone else gets, if you get 20% of the vote, you're in. That's just it because nobody can, the other four people, when they divide up what's left of the ballots, they can't exceed that. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, so so that is a magic number. It's just not in the way that I think that I understood it to be, or that or that Kirby did. But I do owe Kirby an apology because I went off on him a little bit. I oh, threw out a he's bunch a of sweetheart. Examples. Oh, he is really nice. I, I was nice about it. I did wasn't like nagging or anything, but I did kind of wear him out probably a little bit because I gave a couple of, I gave four or five different scenarios where that wouldn't be true. And I think I was really, really wrong because I wasn't considering the fact of the way that, uh, that, um, but I was just wrong. As, mm-hmm. as no, as, I just go come right out and say it. I was wrong. <laughs> so Kirby for listening, I apologize. I misunderstood what you were saying. And I think maybe we both misunderstood what Pete was saying, but 218 is an important number and, but it doesn't seem like much. Right. Oh. And so people think like back to your point, Greg, people think, oh, well, surely there's 218 people who are going to vote for these other people. So if that's all it's going to take, then then we can muster up that many votes. Well, exactly. And, that's and the thing did, is, is right? um, this is like, you know how they say like that line in Terminator 2 or whatever, like at such and such in the morning, it became self-aware, like the robots became <laughs> self-aware. It's like right. all of a sudden the Academy members are self-aware that they're aware of this powerful thing called social media. And the first time I really noticed this was with Parasite. Um, People like Ava DuVernay and and all these and Mark Duplass were uh, out there using Twitter to push voters towards Parasite. Oh, no, Moonlight. Moonlight. It was Moonlight was the first one. Uh, Pushed them away from La La Land and toward toward Moonlight. And um, I didn't think much of it at the time because I wanted Moonlight to win, actually. And and so I wasn't really... um, but this is the first time I've really seen a coordinated campaign online. Usually they do these things in screenings. They invite people to the screenings, but they don't make, they don't turn it into a viral thing. Well, obviously everybody knows what the internet can do in terms of rallying votes and building momentum. And uh, so I think they're just doing what bloggers do. They're just doing what critics do, but the difference is they are high, much more higher high status than we are. Mm-hmm. And they have, mm-hmm. you know, People trust them and they know them and they listen to them. Kim, ba- I, I saw a lot just celebrities on my own feed pushing for her um, mm-hmm. by saying that she gave the grant. And so I watched the movie because of that. And honestly, I mean, no shade, right? I, I didn't uh, think she was better than Danielle Detweiler. Sorry, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. She wouldn't have been my first choice for best actress, but whatever, it doesn't matter kind of irritates me about the situation too is it okay if so so she's got a lot of friends who want to speak up for her and they've got a platform and they're going to do it but it, but was no one willing to do the same thing and stand up for the other nominees why was it only her who had, if once the, once the other actors in the branch saw what was happening why didn't other actors say all right yeah i see what you're saying but on the other hand there's this other person who is also just as excellent but nobody did that I think because you know, our, this movie was just completely ignored. Like yeah, it was just no money for a campaign either. Right, no money yeah, for a yeah, campaign. There that, was yeah. no buzz. Nobody was seeing it. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know. 
And and that has worked uh, before. That's like um you know consider ad that uh, that actress did. You know, Melissa Leo paid for her. Own. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it does. And work. I also I also think there's an excitement about voting for somebody like this who is mm-hmm. you know who who most everybody in Hollywood's worked with her. She's been in tons of movies. She's sort of the female Kevin Bacon. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the yeah. Six Degrees of Andrea Riceboro. Um, so. And there's less excitement to go out there and say, you know, go watch Till and vote for uh, Daniel Deadweiler because she's been acclaimed, because people have talked right. about her, because she has won awards. But they're, 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 this is the ultimate underdog here. Yeah. And I'm not saying she's going to win, but I, I, she is not number five in that group. I can tell you that. When they hmm. come to final okay. vote, I do not think she's number five. I don't either, but good luck beating Kate. <laughs> right. Not going to be Kate Blanchett, but um, I I thought about that too because there's this thing in the acting industry, and it's valid, which is that women come to us, and it's true for any you know women of color. It's probably harder um, to get to a certain age, and that's it. They're done. They'll never get a chance at anything. And this for her, for Riseboro, this was her chance. You know, this was it. Like, she, mm. it's true that it she would never get she's just not somebody that pops people don't think about her unfortunately for her um this is what she'll be known for this all right uh yeah and and, and so you're saying that the, uh, she she and her fellow actors realize that a role like this is not going to come around again for her yeah the only so way this, she's yeah, going to yeah, ever yeah. be brought up in articles is to talk about oscar campaigning mm, okay yeah that too um because i don't i personally like I'm just going to lay it out there. Like I watched Melissa Leo in um, whatever that movie was where she did her own campaigning. Was it The Fighter or was it Frozen River? I can't remember. I think she did Frozen, it. What? Frozen River, I think. Yeah, that does sound right now that you mentioned it. I had forgotten about the title, but I believe that's what it was. Yeah. Was it Frozen River? Or mm. was it The Clarence, Fighter? Do you know? I'm looking it up. I thought it was The Fighter for some reason. I did too. I thought it was The Fighter. No, it was the fighter because she ended up winning. Okay, right. Yeah, it was for the fighter. Yeah, it had to be because she ended up winning for that. That's one of the. I just found an article on Insider that's the nine biggest Oscar ad controversies of all time. Well, exactly. And so anytime you hear Melissa Leo, the only thing people know about her is that. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but um, but that's the uh, that's the. Um, consequence of doing it this way if people if people don't feel like something is totally deserved then they're they're going to notice it you know i'm not saying it's not i think like i i say she i think she gave a really strong performance you know like all the actresses this year gave strong performances look at olivia coleman in empire of light you know (laughs) she gave the performance of her career and she's not in the oscar race of course she's already won an oscar um but you know andrea riseborough is one of those people that just doesn't get a chance very often to show what she can do and so she put it all on the line and she made you know she called in favors and it paid off i was also told today that it's uh her she's her whoever her agent is is a very 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 powerful agent and likely represents a lot of other people who it basically made an oscar phone tree (laughs) oh my Uh, god you see it's a brave it's a whole new world people it is a whole it's uh, Weinberg, Jason Weinberg. Yeah, that's like, I mean, you really have to start factoring stuff like that in. That's really, 
Um, it reminds me of the kind of stuff Harvey Weinstein used to do, and, and he completely changed the Oscar race, and, and it, it had to all be f factored in. The CODA strategy, strategy last year was, was one that I did not catch. See, I think a lot of these guys, they have to work around the bloggers, you know, because all of us, we set the Oscar race. We set the best actress race, and we, we said she's not in it. And, you know, that's not really good to do that. Um, so in a way, they're just adapting to a situation where there's like a guard, a, you know, there's like a, a guard, a moat, an army that is saying which ones are going to get in and which ones aren't. Um, and so how do you bypass that? You know, it's like, what if you're 13 lives and you just can't get, find your way in? Um, to the consensus building and, and the academy stepped out aside of this consensus in, in a lot of places I think but for the most part they kind of stuck to it you got to admit and so if mm -hmm. you're heading into the Oscar race you want to be part of that flow that river and if you're not then it's harder to break in so in a way what it, what happened to Andrea Rosbro this is a lot about our industry too you know, our industry. Why Why did we have the gate up? Why didn't we let her in? Why wasn't she being considered? Um, it's something we should mm -hmm. think about, you know? Yeah, and it is amplified. You're right. Absolutely amplified by social media because it's so instantaneous and it has, the reach is incredible. And the repetition and the amplification mm -hmm. of it is just beyond measure. Yeah. But like you said, this has been going on for, for 90 years and in ways that we will never know that 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 whisper campaigns and things like that some of the things we do know about other things we can kind of guess about i mean part you know i know i i feel that you're right sasha when your 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 primary theory about why why um how green was my valley beat kane is because it was time for john ford to win picture and director both because he yeah. had never done that before i think that was main the number one reason but there were other other factors and part of it was that Hearst had the word out in Hollywood. I know mm -hmm. shit about all of you. And and um, Luella Parsons um, knows uh, everyone reads her. And if you and if you guys don't feel this movie, I'm you're going to be sorry. And and some people really were felt threatened by that, I'm sure. I don't know how many people, 100, 500, but enough to maybe swing the ballots on some of those because it was well, what it was nominated for 12 Oscars and only won one. So you know, there's a lot of people who didn't vote for it for that weren't only voting for High Groom is My Valley is what I'm saying because it, it was all 12 categories. That, yeah. Anyway, I'm that, I'm just saying that these kind of things have gone on for since forever. Oh, but I know. Well, trust does. me, I know. Social media does make it so much worse. Uh, right. it, well, it democratizes it. It just means we have to be more yeah. on our game, and I think that we should all mm -hmm. really do a little soul searching about how much we micromanage the race and whether that's a good idea or not. And if we're hurting things more than helping, not that I could possibly tell people to stop doing it because we all do it. Um, all mm -hmm. right, what else did you guys think? I think that um, Tar did better than I thought it would, which was, I think, nice to see. It's a good movie. It's deserving. Um, I was Yeah, the editing was a surprise. I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me because I, I am so infatuated with that movie. But editing and cinematography were both excellent things for me to see this morning it really brightens my mind I, you know i but, thought when i first saw it that the editing was the thing that stood out and then i uh, didn't see it like making lists and getting and i was like hmm i guess it won't it's not a editing front runner but i thought that because if you look at the very beginning of that 
the editing is incredible how they edit oh, know, together know, all the fun. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what do you guys think? Let's dive into, because we don't have much time. Don't you have a hard out, Clarence? I did. All right. Okay, yeah. So what about, what do you think, you guys, uh, Clarence, what do you think this does to Best Picture? What do you think, how do you think it stacks up in terms of what's going to win Best Picture? And do you think it's wide open? And do you think it's it's a done deal? What do you think? Um, right now, I'm thinking it's pretty much a done deal. Um, because everything everywhere all at once got nominations I didn't expect it to get. I didn't even know it had a song, to be honest. <laughs> um, and uh, and then it got score. Like it missed out on a couple of things, yes, but it, it, it got mentioned in other areas. So it does, it has broader support than I thought it would um, if it doesn't win. And I do think it's, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Like I don't think it's like... I do think Coda probably won on the first ballot last year because I don't think anybody really wanted to vote for Power of the Dog. Um, but uh, I don't know that Everything Everywhere All at Once is a first ballot pick. Um, I, but I don't know it's the Fablemans either. I think it might be Banshees of Inner Sheeran because it it is it is broadly nominated in the right categories. It's got editing, it's got screenplay, it's got director, it's got a bunch of acting nominations. Um, it... I like it to see that. I like, I, I, that. That's like an old school Oscar thing. It's when yeah. it's when uh, everyone in the movie gets nominated for an Oscar. That's like that hasn't happened since like Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you know. And uh, so I, I do like that. I mean, when that happens, the actors are going to really love that. And even though they're not as huge a percentage of the Academy as they used to be, they are still like you keep saying all the time, Sasha, the largest branch. And so they their influence empowers. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Clarence, I interrupted you. Do you think it was between two, which two? Between everything and, and everywhere Sharon? and Banshees. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, okay. and right. everything else has, if you're going by traditional metrics, and I know last year wiped all that out, but if you go by traditional metrics, everything else is handicapped by something, whether it's missing an editing nomination, it's missing a screenplay, it's missing a director nomination. Right. You know, I think except everything. Except for Fablemans. Well, I Fablemans think... didn't get editing. Yeah, exactly. I think everything everywhere is handicapped by the movie itself. Like, yes. I think that's the problem is the movie. I don't know how popular it is with them. I guess, you know, we're going to, this is to me, this is a thing that's going to come down to the guilds. What's going to win the guilds. And obviously it, it could easily win pre PGA. It could easily it probably will win SAG. And then there's DGA, which might go to Spielberg if this is a year of Spielberg, if he's actually going to bring this thing all the way home, he's already won the globe. Um, and if it's just him and then it's everything everywhere as the best picture, um, it might go that way, you know? Um, but, but that's something to me, like you have, we have to wait for the guilds. It would be in keeping with history where Banshees and Fablemans win the globe and then everything everywhere wins the PGA and then on down to the Oscar. Like we've seen that happen a lot. The only difference is the movie is not Argo. It's not the King's Speech. It's not the artist. It, it's just not that movie yet. It's only won one major prize. Uh, the Critics Awards, it's won so far. So um, I'm just good. I'm waiting on the guilds for that. Uh, but t I still don't think Top Gun is totally out of it yet, personally. But um, because it has the adapted screenplay and it has DGA. And at the end of the day, stats-wise, those are really what you need. I mean, yeah, Miss. I was about to say that I that I I that I don't that I don't that I think that there, we've had several years in a row where picture and director have split. And I was about to say that I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think director and, and picture are going to 
be conjoined again this year. But if you're right about that, then they, then that, then I'm wrong because um, um, Kozinski can, obviously can't be can't win, and so. Well, or it could be Steven Spielberg wins director and Everything Everywhere wins picture and screenplay. Everything Everywhere has to uh-huh. win screenplay or director. And so if we have Banshees of Inisherin winning screenplay and we have Spielberg winning director, well, I don't think everything's going to win just best picture. It's got to win one of uh-huh. those. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that this is the year that director and picture are going to go together again. They're going to be a pair because each of the each of the top best picture contenders is so in intrinsically inherently tied to its director in ways that m- movies have not been recently. They're just like the movie is the director this year. Yeah. And um, and so I, that's why I think that it's probably going to be back together again. But if life uh, again, back to what I'm just repeating myself, but if Top Gun wins, then, then that theory is out the window. Well, we just have to keep an eye on the SAG. That's really going to be the key for this. Um, so if Banshees beats everything everywhere at the SAG, then you're then you're in a situation. Then you're really in a situation because the SAG is expected to go to, to everything. And if it doesn't, then we have a real race on our hands. Is that the next award coming up? Big award? Because uh, we have the Writers Guild and the W and the editors guild announcing their nominations in the next couple of days but um tomorrow is the writers guild and then editors guild is like february 1st or something i'm not sure what the next date for the big awards is but that's really going to be your uh pga is the 18th of february pga's first dga dga's first okay that's going to be so that's the first of the big guilds to go right Right, and then uh, BAFTA is the 19th, um, PGA is the 25th, SAG is the 26th. Yeah, so we'll know if we're in a, a race where one movie wins everything or not pretty quick because if we're in that kind of a race, then BAFTA will give their award to everything everywhere. So will the DGA, so will the PGA, so will SAG. If we're not in that kind of a year then it's going to be mixed up all over the place and you can't trust what BAFTA does because they only have five nominees for Best Picture and we need that preferential ballot situation. So Fablemans is not up for the BAFTA, so that probably takes it out um, for Best Picture. And uh, Top Gun's not in for BAFTA, so it's really, like you said, down to those other two movies. But I don't see how Banshees can beat everything everywhere um, in terms of mood, how it makes you feel when you vote for it you know right i mean Mm, um, okay the only one that's like good people doing good things is uh everything everywhere all at once do you know what i mean by that yeah oh no i see what you're saying you know in terms of uh feeling good about your vote yes because it's intersectional it's inclusive it's you know sends a message blah 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 and so the other ones don't really as much they're complicated and opaque tar is very interesting but that's not like a winning he could win director like if they're just done with everything everywhere then it's going to split up all over the place that's that we just don't know if yet any, i agree i agree if any if any single director splits off and wins independent of, of the of the sweeps it's going to be todd field i think you're right about that yeah. i would say that anyway but i mean you're just right they He's that type of director that, that that people would 
you know, they, they recognize that the they recognize the achievement of his direction in in the screen in the screenplay too. Right. Um, well, that's why and, I say like it seems like he's going to win one of those two, right? But he can't because he's going up against the front runner. But it seems like he would win one of the. I mean, Kate Blanchett's going to win, but you would think mm -hmm. he would win either in an ordinary year. He would win screenplay. He still might. You know, it still might go to him and not to Banshees. Um, yeah. It's kind of a fun year, you know. I, I, you know, I have the movies that I love, and and I'm going to love them no matter what happens on Oscar night. And um, I feel much. I'm, maybe I'm just. Maybe it's just a little by little, year by year. I'm beginning to have a better attitude about all this. But I'm not so. No matter what happens, I'm going to be okay with it. I mean, you have I don't understand what happens a lot of the time, but that's okay with me. No, so what did you guys think about actor like, you know, last night or when we recorded on Sunday night, we were all talking about if the whale gets in for best picture, then it's over. Brendan Fraser is your front runner. Right. Well, didn't get in for best picture. It didn't get in for screenplay. It did get Hong Chow. It did get makeup. But I think, you know, what does that omission from the best picture race do to the best actor race? I personally think it gives it to Austin Butler, but. We'll see. I mean, I, that was my thought. I moved him to number one after that, only because, I mean, look, Brendan Fraser's way of winning is if he's Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart. And mm -hmm. Jeff Bridges was very beloved. He had to campaign like I've never seen anyone campaign to win that. But he didn't have a Best Picture nomination. It just makes it much, much harder because they like to split up the big awards among the Best Picture nominees. And so Elvis is probably going to win maybe one other craft and then maybe that award. But it's not going to be easy. Like, it could still go to Colin Farrell. What do you guys think? I think uh, Butler. I mean, I, I remain with Butler in my um, poll position. But I don't think that the... Like, I understood what you were saying. And I think if The Whale had been in there for Best Picture, it would have definitely helped Brendan Fraser. But that... The, the common understanding around the appreciation of that film is mostly around the, those two performances with, with uh, Hong Chow and Brendan Fraser. So I don't necessarily think it, it doesn't help him, but I don't think it hurts him a lot either. If that makes any sense at all. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I, I mean, I could see, look, we saw last year stats break really, really great. Yeah. You know, Coda if they, the heart wants what it wants, you know, and if they want to give it to Brendan Fraser, they will. I mean, it's, it's this Academy, these actors seem like they're the type of people that would want to vote for Brendan Fraser because that's just sort of their, I think their kind of overall attitude in life, you know, the, the guy that they, you know, see as the, as the most hurt. But I feel like Elvis has also was in a ton of categories, a ridiculous amount and it's all on him. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of campaigning, but I think he can probably pull it out, Austin Butler. But it is going to take a lot of work, and he's going to have to be everywhere on TV, and he's going to have to do interviews, and he's going to have to really, really fight for it. Because if he doesn't, then Brendan Fraser will probably win. Yeah, and there's not a, a stat around how many times a Oscar winner cries at a film festival. <laughs> no. And that's it. That's what they people love that. You know, that's that's yeah. the whole reason they're in it is for one great speech like that. And they feel like they've bestowed a gift upon the recipient and and they want that high again, you know. So that's strong enough. Um.
So the supporting categories are pretty much fixed, right? Those aren't going anywhere. Um, original screenplay, adapted screenplay. Do you think that Women Talking is going to win and adapt it or what? I, I mean, I, I th that is where I would put my money right now. Um, I don't, I mean, but it could, you know, I don't know. This could be a, there's no, I don't think there's a real front runner there. I mean, you know, there's obviously it's picture and writing two nominations. I mean, it doesn't guarantee that it's going to win um, a, a screenwriting award. It could be all quiet. Uh, it could be living. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. who knows? Uh, someone, I mean, yeah, someone said earlier today that he's a Nobel Prize winner. And right. uh, he, he, I mean, we all know he wrote uh, Remains of the Day, which was also, which won, which was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Right, he didn't he, write the screenplay for that. But I mean, it's, it's genius. There's, I think so, another thing they mentioned was that only two other Nobel Prize winners have ever been nominated for an Oscar, and they both won. It was George Bernard Shaw and um, Bob Dylan. But I didn't know he was nominated. Is he nominated? Is it two of them who, writing who, it together? What? Who? Um, who, who living, who living screenplay. I thought, is it adapted by him, too? Um, it's, adapted from a, from, it's adapted from a Kurosawa film. Well, he didn't write that. He didn't write that. He didn't write the original. He's British. No, I know, but I mean, who won the who won the uh, who won the prize? Which one of them? Which one? Oh, of the, the the screenwriter won the Nobel Prize. Oh, okay. Because he's a novelist. Because he's a novelist. Right. No, he I know who he is. Nobel Prize in literature. Yeah, he won the Nobel Prize in literature. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So that does make it make it potentially more likely. I mean, well, he's just I mean, an impressive person. You know, I mean, you know, he's just. Um, genius and so and, and, and a lot of people thought that it was foolhardy to even try to adapt a movie that's a classic um of film history but he did it and it, it turned out great i'm sorry clarence that's like the fourth time i've interrupted you no 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 it's fine it's fine <laughs> um two things i will say in its corner and i don't know that these are true stats or anything like that but you know living is the only one here that has any actors nominated from it. Um, it's also the only one here that feels hmm. like a literary adaptation. And they trend more often than not tend to go with more literary feeling, more novelistic approaches to adapted screenplay. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It's either between right, living yeah. or women talking. I, I don't know right. that I can see um, Top Gun win or Glass Onion. I can right. see <laughs> living win. I mean, um, Women Talking is going to win because it has the um, Best Picture nomination and it has the narrative going behind it that no women were di directors were nominated and you know she's uh, she's definitely going to win it like they're not gonna, a lot of these prizes are going to be coming out like that like they're they're putting a bandaid on society kind of thing like that award is going to be um, you know, to make up for the fact that there are no women directors. And then Brendan Fraser's award will be, you know, for the cause, I think, of people who are struggling with mental. Like, I think that every award is going to have its, its have a bigger um, meaning and context to, to the win than just people liked the movie. Like, I think we're still in the kind of academy that wants to, you know, do good things with their vote. And so I feel like in terms of... Um, the difference between those two can you imagine if they if they gave the award to living and snubbed sarah Pauly? how angry people would be like she's practically the only female nominee above the line i think isn't she there might be some producers who are women right 
Dee Dee uh, Gardner is one. Dee Dee Gardner, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I I do think Women Talking is is uh, in, in the front runner in that category. The the original screenplay is the one that I, I mean it could be at least one of three winners here, or one of three films winning. Right. Tar, everything, and Banshee. So those are. Um, yeah. Watch it be Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> oh, watch it be that. I mean, it could be that they all cancel each other out, you know, that everybody votes for one and they cancel each other out. Yeah, I think Banshees deserves it, but I could see if in a sweep, everything everywhere. You know how Parasite won everything at the last minute, one screenplay director and picture, just if they just decide that that's the movie, then it could win all three of them, the top awards. If they really love it that much, um, which is hard for me to imagine considering the movie that it is but you know uh sometimes you're just locked out of the experience of what the best picture what drives a best picture winner you know if you're part of it if you're part of the consensus and you're part of the wave you're very excited to see it win and vote for it like when i walked into the kodak theater that night parasite was winning and mm -hmm. i had predicted 1917 i think which was dumb it was a bad prediction they the people celebrating parasite were everywhere in the lobby like they were wearing the parasite glasses they were all really happy and high anytime i said what do you think is going to win they just very happily say parasite you know they're all excited about it you could really feel the energy in the room for that movie so i figure if this movie catches that kind of a wave then it's totally unstoppable um yeah that was the year I attended the um, Oscars for Awards Daily, and I was lucky enough to be invited by Universal to their oh, 1917 pre-Oscar party, and uh, <laughs> it was like a funeral. Oh, God, remember <laughs> you went to the Parasite party, too, right? <laughs> it was a funny story about that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that one, well, that was the post, yes. Um, yeah. That one was, you know, huge energy, but they had already won. But, um, but yeah, the... Uh, the 1917 party had no pulse whatsoever. It was, it was a dead affair. So yeah, like the like the uh, power of the dog party last year, kind of same vibe. Mm. Um, I didn't go to it, but I'm just saying like that was the same sort of sense. Like when you go into the race with 12 nominations and you lose to a movie with three nominations, like that's gotta hurt. Right. Um, so I think if it's just a front runner year and that's that, then then we'll just you know we'll be able to coast to the rest of the through the rest of the year. You know, no fighting, no angling, no you know impassioned essays to try to get something to win. It's just it's over. Um, so that's that's a blessing and a curse, right? Because it makes it a fun Oscar race. It also makes it kind of boring. And pretty soon, when it's boring, people are going to start turning on the movie. Um, everything everywhere it's gonna you know they're gonna start attacking it knives out <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that goes but um yeah so uh this has been an awkward podcast but we made it through um <laughs> we only have five more minutes left but um do we have any questions or anything from anybody on twitter or anything we need to address oh i'm sorry i didn't ask oh yeah I, no I it's okay it's okay um um I will say one uh, one offhanded comment that a friend of mine uh, who is, you know, loves movies, but is a very populist movie kind of person, mm -hmm. always looks at the list of, of nominees and, and, you know, kind of builds their library from there to try to see what they want to see. And he, he wrote me this morning and he goes, yeah, I've seen one of these. 
and I have oh. no desire to see any of the others. Oh no, which one did he see? <laughs> He'd seen everything everywhere all at once, and he does want to see Top Gun and uh, Avatar. Um, but the rest, he was like, nope, nope, these are these are awards bait movies, and I don't Oh, like God. That's what my daughter says, too. She said her friends just know when it's award bait movies, and they just stay away from them. But um, but he should see at least see Tar, you know? Well, I told him he wasn't being fair, because I felt like Elvis wasn't necessarily an awards bait movie. I think it, you know, I think awards came for, I mean, you know, obviously people make movies like this because they want to be, you know, but Elvis doesn't necessarily smack of this only exists to win Oscars to me. Did um did he like everything everywhere? I think that he did, but he was a um, it's he's he's much younger than I am. Um, he's mm. like in his thirties, and it, he was very much attuned to the vibe that it was giving, right? You know, because he's he's a gamer, so he understood the the rapid fire editing he loved the pace of it so i think it was more well suited to his uh, tastes um yeah so well that's a good sign if you say he likes popular movies and he liked that movie yeah so that sort of says uh, it's popular but i also uh i was also laughing when you shared that uh, link from jeff wells's recent commentary on the the video with Anne and and uh, and uh, the other guys, um, Jeff was translating that to be no one over forty five likes this movie. Yeah, right. What? I, what there was, was some. I didn't. There was a comment that was made in this video that Jeff shared between what was it, Pete Hammond and Ann Thompson, and uh, who else was in that video? Sasha, Tom O'Neill. They were all talking about whispers that they'd heard about older Academy of Voters turning off everything everywhere all at once, not being able to get into it. Ann Thompson said she had a hard, she tried to explain the plot of it and, and admits that she failed completely to explain what it was about. And so they're, they're, they're talking about, you know, how broadly people are going to um, embrace this movie. Can it win on a preferential ballot? Mm. And, uh, and Jeff translated all of that very succinctly. And he said, nobody over 45 likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but some of them do. I mean, I've heard yeah. of some people who do like it. I think it, if you can make it through, it's like, it reminds me of Moulin Rouge in that way. Like Moulin Rouge had that mm. scene with Nicole Kidman at the very beginning, which is really shrill and hard to get through. And I remember recommending that movie to people and always saying, you just got to get through that scene. And then it's really, really great after that. And, and everything everywhere to me is like that. Like the first hour is, or at least the first half hour is mostly hellish. But once you get past that, it, it, you know, you are richly rewarded. And I can tell you this about that movie. Certainly never seen anything like it before at the Academy. And if it wins, it will be a very unique winner. Um, you know, inventive and interesting. And, and it will, you know, it might wake up a young generation to the Oscars. I don't know. Maybe they'll think, wow, that movie won. That's pretty cool. You know, Um that's about the best argument I can make for it winning. Like, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just like other movies better. But, um, and that, as they say, is that. Well, we should. Good to talk to you, both of you. Yep, you too. Yeah, great. Okay, bye. Okay, good night, everyone.